let's talk about burner. Heads up, y'all. There's some salty language in this episode, and there's some S-E-X. Sex. 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 Hey, Code Switch fam. It's Shereen Marisol Meraji. And Gene Dummy. You know, we love the Signal Boost podcast from people of color that we really rock with. Yes. Whose work we admire. Now, obviously, we've brought you stories from Kathy Two and Tobin Lowe from the Nancy podcast. And we've brought you stories from Antonia Cerejido and Sarah Quevedo from Latino USA. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this week, I want to introduce you to someone whose work I've been following for a few years now. Oh, His name is James Kim. All right. So I am a podcast producer by day at Kimlet. And then by night, I make independent fiction podcasts. And I created a new one called Moonface. It's a six-part fiction show that is loosely or maybe a lot based off of my life. I saw like the video trailer for Moonface yes. about a month ago. It's beautiful. It's really, really dope. I was like, what is this? You've been in Downey this whole time? Uh... Yeah. You never left? That's a bummer. Wait, Paul, you still live with your parents? With my mom. Oh my god, wow! I bet you save a ton of money on rent. Remember when we used to come here in college and there was always that creepy dude who wanted us to go to the bathroom with him? Could we not right now? I'm just tired about talking about the past, especially at this bar. It's like all we do here. Hey, Paul. Sorry, I don't do this a lot. It's it's okay, come in. Poor. When you marry, wife, have kids. Mom, I'm not getting married anytime soon. I think there's something you've been avoiding that's keeping you from growing as a person. You never talk to her about what you're feeling or your life. Let's talk about you, Paul, and how you're a server begging for tips. You live here for your own ass reasons, just like us, only we don't blame you. So, your mom still doesn't know you're gay, huh? Paul! That's intense. Kind of intense. Why does that trailer make me so emotional every time I hear it? Are you crying right now, Shereen? <laughs> no, I'm not crying. I'm yes, a little emotional. It's fine if you're crying. This is a safe space. Anyway, it's not just me mm-hmm. who's feeling Moonface. Moonface has gotten a lot of shine and a lot of critical acclaim. It's about Paul, a 27-year-old who lives at home in a sleepy Southern California suburb. Paul is the son of Korean immigrants, but Paul doesn't speak Korean. Paul's waiting tables, but wants to get into podcasting, and Paul's gay, which his mother doesn't know. This looks so pretty, and it sounds so beautifully produced. Um, Uh, It's so good. Um, And you're going to get to hear from James about what inspired him to make Moonface, because we had a great conversation that started with a ride in the Wayback Machine to the very first time I heard his voice on the radio. The year was 2012. Yeah. It was the weekend. I was driving through LA. I was listening to Off Ramp, which was a great show. Yep. That was produced at KPCC, which is the yep. local public radio station in Los Angeles, one of them. Yeah. And um, they introduced this piece that the intern for Off Ramp did. And it was you, <laughs> James Kim. And I just want to play just a little bit of that. I know kids say adults don't speak their language, both my parents. Jane and Young Kim, who came to the U.S. from Korea to give me a better future, it's literally true. 
We don't talk about everyday stuff. Actually, we don't talk at all. Before I finished this piece, I didn't even know what towns my parents came from in Korea. My dad, he's from Taegu, and my mom's from Seoul. The help of police? Me? Mm. You. That's my mom. And that's me trying to help my mom cook. This is rare for us since we hardly talk to each other, except for the occasional hello or what are you making for dinner? We never go further than that because my parents mainly speak in Korean and I mainly speak in English. This makes it hard for us to understand each other, even when asking a simple question like, where are you putting the tofu? What are you putting here? Put it in the right pan. No, no. Put it in the salad. No, no, yogo. Chikum, mohe. Cook. Ani. Right now, what omana, what oma doing here? Konstati. Never mind. That's a typical conversation for us. Why are you torturing me? Is that torture? This piece was you were getting into how. You have a really hard time communicating with your parents because they speak Korean. You don't really speak Korean. Um, In the piece, you had an interpreter help you do this interview with your mom. And it was, it got me. Don't don't get me crying here. I pulled over because I was sobbing. It's not just something that happened to us. People who come to America and have children here like we did, experience the same thing. A gap between you and me forms and gets bigger because our cultures, your culture and my culture, are different. In order to close this gap, we need to constantly communicate so that we can understand each other. You should hear about how we used to live in Korea, and in the same way, you should talk about what you're going through. And by doing this, we should build a relationship, because it's important to have a good relationship. I wanted to say that for a long time. I remember when I posted it online, and there's like a comment section that people can comment on it. I got so much hate from Koreans being like, you're a disgrace to Koreans. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. And that was something, sadly, I wasn't shocked by. Like, I that was one of the reasons I didn't want to do that story because yeah. I know that's what the community is like. Like, I, for the longest time up until my late 20s, or not late, my mid-20s, I've actually avoided speaking to Korean people. And it sounds so fucked up, but it's totally true. Um, because of that fear of like trying to be Korean enough. And a lot of that had to stem from like speaking the language. After I did that piece, I didn't ever want to do personal piece again. I'm a really private person. I'm like the type of person that puts Instagram on private and like on Facebook, like I hide all my information. I don't like people knowing too much about me. Okay, fast forward five years. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing a podcast called The Competition. Oh, uh-huh. And you follow 11 contestants vying for the title of Mr. Los Angeles Leather, mm-hmm. uh, which someone on the podcast refers to as the Miss America pageant for gay men in leather, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> which I loved. Yeah, it's pretty uh, accurate. Uh, they say structure-wise, it's a lot like Miss America, but much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you're doing this, and it opens, that season opens with this anecdote from you. I'm going to tell you something a little embarrassing. It's definitely not how I would introduce myself at a party or how I would start a conversation in general. 
but it's something that's helped me figure out who I am. It's about one of the first times I searched for porn on the internet. I was in middle school, the computer was in the living room, and all my family was sleeping. And I remember using Yahoo or something. I mean, this is in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I searched hairy gay men. Uh, you're just, you're James. Just okay. James. Oh. <laughs> I just feel like this going personal is a theme in your work, and you just don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah. Um. Sorry, yeah, I'm just going to no. comment that you're like going there. You're like, <laughs> we're going to first play your first piece where you're super awkward to your mom. And now we're just going to play a, a, a piece about you jerking off. Like, I thank mean, you, Shireen. You're welcome. <laughs> For me, I was always like, oh, James, he's doing this stuff and he's it's helping him figure out who he is. No, I think you're absolutely right. And like, uh, it, it makes me cringe because like I said, I, I'm like so bashful with this stuff. But it's true. Like every piece that I've done, like I've never actually talked about my sexuality up until that that clip that you played it was the first time i ever put like i'm queer in like a piece mm -hmm. um and it is through like every piece that i do that i i feel like um while i am revealing more of myself i'm also figuring out like who exactly i am like it's interesting that you've kind of saw that because i'm barely realizing that <laughs> well when i heard Moonface, yeah which and we're going to talk about this more, but I I heard echoes of this. Um, and before we get into that, let, yeah. how would you even describe Moonface? Yeah, it's um, so Moonface is like a. It was my way of being like I wish there was a show like Insecure, or Girls, or Master of None, or Fleabag in podcasting, mm. and I was yearning and yearning and yearning for this slice of life millennial true to life story. And um, instead of just waiting around, I'm like, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And so Moonface to me is like a slice of life story about a Korean American son who wants to come out to his mom, but he struggles to because he can't speak the same language, hence the whole personal aspect of things. Oh, there. Gochujang. Where? There. Is it by the fridge? No, good dishwasher. Oh, oh. You go, cut the half, please. Me? Mm, you. Orie pute? No? The vegetables. Ah, here. Ori. Pen. Now? Yes. I go, Chamna. What's that? Huh? The uh, oil. What kind is that? Mm, oil. Ara. But what kind? Huh? <laughs> Never mind. You're the only person to make these connections. Really? I want to say, Am yeah, I? you're the only one to make these connections. Yeah. You have an actor playing you in Moonface. I'm sorry, it's not playing you, playing yeah, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I messed up. No, no, um, playing it's totally Paul understandable. in Moonface, and it sounds so much like you 
from seven years ago, from that story that you told, how much of Paul is James? Uh, this is a question I hate so much. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm glad that you're asking it. And it's true. And usually I can like bullshit around it. But like the fact that you like straight up played two of the same clips and brought that parallels together, it's harder to. I mean, a lot. I'm going to say it's a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of parallels. Like the, the character is a podcaster or want, uh, mm-hmm. trying to be a podcaster. He lives in Downey with his mom. Like I was living at home until I was like 24, 25. And a lot of his wants, a lot of his needs, like, I mean, they're all, they're all based on me. And as much as I try to spin this narrative of like, well, I fictionalize these events and I fictionalize these things. Like this is a, the most personal thing I've ever made, even though it's completely fiction, Mm. you know, I, I wanted to make something that, you know, to show people that they can tell their stories and when they feel like they don't see themselves, um, and they, they finally find that piece, like that that kind of media that speaks to them and the emotion that hits them. Like, I I remember that happened with me when I saw Better Luck Tomorrow, like to see like bad Asian kids in the early 2000s doing bad things, but they weren't characterized with accents or anything like it. Yeah. And like the emotional hit that I had watching that movie, I'm like, I want to make something that like has that emotional hit with someone else. One question I did have was about how layered this was mm-hmm. right um you could have as a storyteller focused in on one thing right you could have focused in on paul coming to terms with his queerness or paul not being able to figure out how to like break in to the career that he wants to break into or how paul doesn't speak korean and is trying to figure out like yeah. His his ethnic and racial identity, but you decided not. Nah, Paul's going to do all of that at the same time. Yep, yep, yep. And um, why? I, I think because um, I just get frustrated in films in general when there are just archetypes. It's just like lazy to me. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't portray people as they actually are. I had a lot to say, and um. And I wanted to make sure that this wasn't something that was like, you can just categorize very easily. Like, it's not just a coming out story. It's not about just living with your parents. It's not about race and and, and how you're treated as a minority. Like, because going through life, you're going to be experiencing all of these things. You know, all these things are intertwined. Like, not an issue isn't just a separate issue. They're all connected together. One of the characters in your story is Downey. Yeah. Downey is a suburb of Los Angeles. It's mostly Latino. Yeah. Latinx. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, why Downey? Why did you decide this is where I want to put this story? I think it's because like I I used to really hate being from there. Like Mm -hmm. I really did. It was like a city where like I felt like nothing was happening. And I also felt like nobody was doing anything creative. And people just seemed very content with having a, a very stable life. And, you know, being closeted at the time and like already feeling like an outcast, I just wasn't comfortable being um, stable because my life was never feeling stable. One of the first instances I remember like, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm from Downey was when I started at uh, my first public radio job and I went into the office. And as I was working, I felt like it felt kind of uncomfortable and I didn't know why. 
And it was mainly because like I've never been in a setting where it's been mainly predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a city where it was like all my friends were people of color. And it was really strange to me because I don't know, like the way in which I connect with people and, and the interests, like I don't mean to like say, oh, white people are different, but it was a different interaction. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, thank God I was from a city that was like culturally rich. And then, you know, looking back now, like at the city itself, like you have all these people, like there's a gallery called Stay Gallery, where it was all these people my age being like, no, young people stop leaving Downey. Like, let's create a creative hub here. There's Mm. so many of us. And then my eyes start to open like, oh my God, there's so many other kids who live in the city who think like me. They want to create something great and they love this city because it's the community that they're from. They're who they are. It's like, it's, it's all tied to where you grew up. Well, Paul, the character in Moonface, he's really struggling. Yeah. With the fact that he lives in Downey. And I want to play a piece of tape from Moonface. It's where Paul is interacting with Ryan. Um, They're getting to know one another. And Paul basically lies to Ryan and says that he's from this kind of cooler, hipper neighborhood in Los Angeles. I don't live in Los Angeles. I live in Downey with my mom. Oh. And she doesn't know I'm gay. Isn't that where the carpenters are from? Yes. I'm sorry. You don't care? I mean, I get it. You probably didn't think you'd see me again. But you don't have to be embarrassed about living at home. L.A. is expensive. Yeah, well, thanks for being understanding, but I'm... You don't care about me not being out. I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So what else did you lie about? What? (laughs) Paul is lying to himself. Paul is lying to (laughs) his friends. Paul is lying to his mom. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. That was like making the show was kind of therapy. Like I really felt like I did a lot of that when I was growing up. When people go, where are you from? Like, especially when I like moved into the public radio world and I was working out of Pasadena and L.A. and all those places. And I like would sometimes lie about where I was from because, you know, one, it opens up like that. They're like, oh, what is this place? And I was like ashamed of it at the time. But then two, it was that like I I had to open up that I was living at home. I, I come from a family where it was like I, you know, we couldn't even afford McDonald's if we wanted it. And like it. And I just didn't know, like, I didn't know what the norm was because it was so new in that space. And that has been a theme throughout my life because during that time when I was doing these internships, I still wasn't fully out to. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you get those conversations of, like, who you dating or whatever, and I just would like to just avoid it entirely. And I just didn't want to have those conversations. So, like, you know, lying was a lot of um, my life growing up to kind of shield myself. How similar is Paul's coming out story to yours? <laughs> uh, not that similar. It wasn't. It wasn't as dramatic as it happens in the show. Like what happened in real life was that um, I was leaving for Texas, and the night before I'm leaving, like um, my mom's in the. It's like midnight, and my mom's in the kitchen. Um, I'm in the living room. Right then and there, I was like, I thought to myself, like I'm not gonna be when I come back. Um, I might not be living at home, but I'm also going to be gone from home for like several months, if not a year. 
So this is like the best time to tell because if she doesn't like this, then I, and if she tries to kick me out, it's like, it doesn't matter because I'm going to Texas tomorrow anyways. So I uh, remember telling my mom, I'm like, mom, I'm gay. Like, and it was almost like word vomit. It came out and um, I guess I came out and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then my mom just went like, uh, it's your choice. It's your life. Like that was her reaction. Um, and she's like, I'm okay with it. And in Korean, she's like, but don't tell your dad. And so it was like kind of a, mm. a weird message and um, where she was totally fine with it. And it wasn't even dramatic at all. And I felt like she kind of knew for the longest time. Like, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she's walked in on me when I was watching porn. And I'm pretty sure she saw what was on the screen. Like, I'm sure she just didn't ever want to bring it up. Wow, Nothing. Just studying Korean. <laughs> 정말? Yeah, I swear. Mm, okay. James, so I listened to Moonface twice. And no. then, yes, listening at my desk with my headphones on around all of my colleagues, I, I realized, wow, there's a lot of sex in this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're listening to this. <laughs> like Elise is like sitting over there and Sam Sanders and is I'm sitting like over there. I'm like turning down my headphones. <laughs> like, is this seeping out of my headphones? All this moaning? <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Yeah. I um, they, I made the first episode many times. Like there's actually other audio drafts with different actors in this um, other forgotten first episodes. Yes. And I think um, the the one that I settled on in the the beginning is that I was like, I'm not having narration. I'm not really explaining the show at all. Like, it's just kind of like it exists and you either follow it and you don't. And I really didn't want people to waste their time. I wanted them to know up front, this is a show for you or not. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start at a sex club where there's a ton of sex happening. There's people peeing in the background. It starts with moaning and all these other things. Because immediately within the first minute, you'll know if you'll like the show or not. And you'll just turn it off. I'm like, I just don't waste your time. Like, but if you think it's for you... You know, then you'll you'll find out in one minute. Like, oh, okay, yep, this is for me. <laughs> so, so listeners, get ready because <laughs> you're about to go to a sex club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your warning. Oh man! Support for this podcast and the following message come from HBO's latest series, His Dark Materials, based on author Philip Pullman's beloved trilogy. 
Follow Lyra's quest to find her kidnapped friend, an adventure that leads her to uncover a sinister plot of a secret organization, encounter extraordinary beings, and protect dangerous secrets. Starring Daphne Keene, Ruth Wilson, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Don't miss His Dark Materials, Mondays at 9 p.m. only on HBO. As the impeachment clock is ticking in the United States, Ukraine is in a race to fix a broken system before time runs out. It's just frightening because it's fast. A new look at the country on the other side of the impeachment scandal on Rough Translation from NPR. Jean. Shireen. Code switch from NPR. That's important. So we're about to drop the first episode of Moonface. Uh, and just in case you missed everything that we said, uh, it does start in a sex club. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a sex club. So we're going to do our credits, our code switch credits early, and give you a little time to decide if you're in the right zone, uh, you know, to listen to a couple minutes a moment, you know, maybe light some candles if that's what you need to do. <laughs> it is the title of the first episode of Moonface, Moaning. Okay. So, yeah, maybe you need a little time to cross the room to lower the speaker volume. Maybe you need to turn the sound down on your phone a little bit so the sound doesn't seep through your headphones uh, because you're at work or something. Or maybe you don't care and you want to turn the volume up. Yes, let them know. This is a very sex-positive podcast. That's right. Either way, we're going to do our credits. We're going to let you get situated. This episode was produced by me and Kumari Devarajan. It was edited by Leah Danella. And shout out to the rest of the Code Switch fam. Karen Grigsby-Bates, Maria Paz Gutierrez, Jess Kung, Adrian Florido, L.A. Johnson, and Steve Drummond. Our intern is Angela Vang. I'm Shireen Marisol Maraji. And I'm Gene Demby. Beasy. Peace. Hey, uh, how's it going? Good, just a day pass, baby? Uh, yeah. Okay, that'll be $30. Here you go. Alrighty, just sign right here. For what? It's just a liability thing. Okay. Great, and here's some condoms and lube. Enjoy, baby. Thanks. Oh. It was dark as shit in here. I know, right? It makes everyone look better. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? I don't know. This place is 
pretty good acoustics. Oh my god, you would. What? <laughs> this room has some good echo. And this music ain't too bad either. Girl, all I hear is people fucking. Oh god. That was not cute. What? Go, go, to, go to the hospital. <laughs> I know. It sounded like he got punched in the stomach. I don't think that's where he got punched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh wait, hold wait. Uh, here, listen to my moan. Uh, uh, okay, uh, no, stop. Uh, don't, no, uh, too loud, too loud. You see, my moan is fucking hot. That's a good boy. Ooh, who was that? Where'd he go? <sighs> Anyways, how was work today? What? Uh, um... Yeah, it was work. <laughs> it's whatever. I almost dropped some orange chicken on someone's head. It was chill. Has anyone ever told you that you suck at your job? Oh, thank you so much. What about you? What did uh, you do today? Work was kind of a nightmare. I went to go clean up a theater before the next screening, and there was barf everywhere. I'm talking in the aisles, on the seats, even some on the screen. Hey, you two want to play? Uh, we're good. Thanks. He is always trying to hook up with me. I mean, he's pretty hot. Ugh, he's too much of a daddy. Ooh, but that guy over there, ooh, he is getting my pussy wet. Ew, no, he looks like he's 16. Okay, I'm gonna go say hi. Wait, no, Danny, I don't know, I don't know what to do here. It's easy, you just walk around. If there's someone who catches your eye, you just go up to them and you grab their crotch. I'm not gonna do that. Why? It's not like you're gonna squeeze their balls off. It's just a gentle graze. Here, watch the master. interested. Uh, okay. Hey, I like your shirt. What? Oh, thanks. No, sorry. That was weird. I can't even see your shirt. Aw, you're cute. Well, have a good night. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah? Sleeping? Uh, no. I, I was just, uh, about to get up. Oh. Did you get up? Not too late. Right after you went to sleep, I think. Okay. Now, eating time. Good? Mm-hmm. Uh, is your job going okay? What? Um, Q? Um, work. Ew. Ah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's good. It's okay. Okay, good. Ah, right. You... 
Cousin? Cousin. 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 Yeah, that's good. No. Korea cousin getting married. Oh, nice. Which one? Hyun. Okay, cool. Korea Kachigale? For our cousin's wedding. We can't afford to go. Mom, I'm not going to make you pay. I could pay for it. What? Paul, you practice Korean for trip. But... What? When you marry, hmm? wife, uh, have kids. Mom, no, I'm not getting married anytime soon. Really? Where? Just because. Oh, crap. I think I'm going to be late for work. Thanks for breakfast, Mom. Oh, poor. Mom, Mom, I'm so full. Table 17. I'm really slammed right now. Yeah, sure. Um, did you get them waters or anything? No, and they've been waiting for a while. I'm sorry. No, don't stress. I got you. Thank you. I owe you one. Hey, welcome to Peking, China. I'm Paul. What can I get you? Can I get a... Wait, Paul? Paul Moon? Oh, hey, Troy. How are you? Good, good. You? Oh, I'm fine. I didn't know you worked here. Yep, sure do. Cool, yeah, seems like a fun job. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Um, so what can I get you? It's been pff, a decade since we graduated high school. Shit. I know. Doesn't feel like that long ago. Seriously? Dude, it feels like forever ago. Remember when we were in marching band? And we had to wear those smelly-ass uniforms. That was the worst. Yeah. So, what are you up to now? Uh, you know, just serving here. Oh, <laughs> I know. But, like, weren't you trying to get into film school or something like that? Yeah, kind of. I was, um, I, I did sound art. Sound art? Yeah, uh, I recorded sounds in nature and made audio collages with them. Oh, oh, oh like that iron glass shit. Anyway, I ended up studying psychology instead, and now I'm here, trying to pay off my student loans. Oh, I totally feel you. I'm still trying to pay my dad back after going to NYU. <laughs> you went to a UC, right? Nope, just Cal State Long Beach. That's chill. Uh, so, have you been in Downey this whole time? Uh, yeah. You never left? Oh, <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, totally, right? Well, <laughs> what can I get started for you? You know what? You should do Redcliffe. What? You said you were in a sound art shit, right? Well, Redcliffe is like a two-month-long artist retreat for people who want to do podcasting. I mean, um, yeah, I, I do like listening to podcasts. Yeah, 
And my friend just did it. And she got a job at a podcast company in New York. I'll have her recommend you. Oh, that's nice of you, but you really don't have to do that. No, 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 no. It's fine. Plus, it might be a good way to get you out of Downton. Oh, I, well, I, I'm doing fine, but it's just... Uh, Paul, you've been talking to your friend for too long. That's another table waiting. Sorry, um, sorry, Troy. Uh, give me a second. No stress. Oh, uh, could you give me a beer, dude? Yeah, yeah, I can. Hey, welcome to Peking, China. I'm Paul. What can I get you? Uh, uh, ku... Korean-style orange chicken. What? Mian, uh, I can't speak Korean well. Is everything okay over here? Ah, uh, Hmm, okay, okay, understand. Paul, your mom told me you could speak Korean. That's the only reason you got this job. Yo, Paul, don't forget my beer, please. Paul? Over there. Ah, Sasum Jogita. Sasum? Sasum. That's deer in Korean, Paul. Wow, so big. Paul? Paul? No, no, no. Oh, Paul. 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 Yeah. Are you spacing out? Sorry, I had a long day. Are you still thinking about Troy? I always thought he was the hot shit because he's from North Downey. Like, it doesn't matter which side of Florence you grew up on, you're still Downey trash. Oh, you give me such a cloud sometimes. I'm sorry, clouds? Oh. <laughs> it's cold for white people. Oh my God, I love that. Don't thank me, thank my coworker. Speaking of which, how's work going? I know that look. What did your weird micromanaging boss do this time? Just doing cloud shit. Like, I was in the middle of helping one of the designers pick out some fabrics for our new collection. And my boss comes up to me and goes, Shayla, I'm slammed right now. Can you heat up my lunch for me? What the fuck? Are you serious? I'm like, I'm in the middle of doing work. And you want me to microwave your Trader Joe's tikka masala? Fuck off. Haven't you been there for like two years now? And she still makes you do that kind of shit? Yeah. I've even been coming in on weekends, too. What? Why? Because I'm sick of being an assistant. And the more I come in, the better chance I have of getting a promotion. Have you showed any of your designs you've been working on to your boss? No. They're not ready yet. Shayla, come on. What are you What are you doing? Why are you doubting yourself? Because. Like, what if I show them to her and she thinks they're shit? Then what? She's just going to think I suck. Sorry to change the subject, but I think that bulky dude in the corner is checking you out. What? No, no, no don't, don't, don't look here. I'll, I'll be your eyes. Uh, yep, he is totally staring at you. What? What does he look like? Fuck this, I'm gonna look. No, no, he's gonna, it's gonna make you look desperate. Gonna, bitch, please. Shayla always looks thirsty. Uh, this bitch. Danny, why are you an hour late? Sorry, I was playing World of Warcraft and I lost track of time. You still playing that? Listen, I need to catch up with y'all. Let me get the next round of drinks. Wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, can we go to another bar? I'm kind of getting bored of the guardsmen. Sure. Where do you want to go? 
I mean, do we want to be adventurous and go downtown LA? Ew, no, I don't want to drive that far. And we've already had a couple of drinks. What about we just go to Flux? That's always the default. It's a good one. What's gotten into you? I thought that was your favorite bar. It just feels like we're getting all settled. We're still young. We should branch out instead of always hanging around Downey. I don't know. Paul has a point. Plus, Flux always smells like blowjobs. Mm, that's because you're the one that's making it stink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shayla's right. We should go to Flux. I'll buy you two drinks, Paul. Come on. You know you want to. Cheers, y'all. Let's get Flux. I've been thinking about this, and it's really important. Have you ever noticed how millennial pop stars sing now? And how they sing their vowels all weird? Oh, you mean like that, oh, you sound like when Scissor goes squirt, squirt? (laughs) Yes! I fucking hate that shit! Paul, are you looking at your phone while I'm talking to you? Rude. All right. That's fine with me, baby. Last Last holiday! So typical. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got one now. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> it's Happy Gilmore. Oh, oh. Mister. Mister. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Oh, wait, listen. Okay, my turn, my turn, my turn. Okay, um. <clears throat> you better hope nothing happens to me because if I die, you die. Damn it, you tonked <laughs> You always do misery. Paul, why are you on your phone so much? What are you looking at? Paul, don't look. But the chunky dude by the pool table is totally looking you out. What? Who? Shut up. Don't look. I dare you to go up to him. Paul would never. (laughs) Watch me. Hey. Oh, hey. I'm sorry. I thought you were checking me out over there. What? Oh, no. Uh, uh, awkward. <laughs> sorry, I guess I do that. What? <laughs> Is that your boyfriend over there? Who? Danny? No, oh, no. We've been friends for a long time, though. He's kind of cute. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shit, I gotta take this. Hi. Ojia. I'm just with Shayla and Danny. No, we're just hanging out. Hi. No more drinking. I'm not, I swear. Onjewa. I'll be home soon, okay? Poor. You gone. Your choice. Your life. Okay? Okay. Bye.
I gotta get going. Why? You got a booty call to get to? No, my mom wants me home. Wait, what happened with that dude you were talking to? Nothing. It seems like Danny's more of his type. Ew. No. He looks like the dude who lived in the trash can in El Chavo de Ocho. Um, you were the one who told me to go up to him. That's because I thought he was a good fit for you. All right. Maybe I'll go home too. We can split a lift? No, um, you still have like half your drink. Just enjoy yourself. I'll see y'all soon. I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired. Oh, shit. Sorry. My lift is already here. Maybe I'm just share a ride with Danny because, I mean, clearly somebody needs to see him home. All right. See you later. Bye, bitch. We are going to downtown LA. Yeah, sorry, I know that's far. Is that okay? It's fine. More money for me. Hey, Paul. Yep, you got the right place. Sorry, uh, I, I don't do this a lot. It's, it's okay, come in. Want anything to drink? Um, just water. Problem. You've got a cool vinyl collection. Oh, thanks. I like that you have this entire row of just the carpenters. <laughs> yeah, they're the best. No one sings like Karen. Yeah, and honestly, they, they don't get much credit for their production. Like on, on the song Close to You, where at the end it's just this four-part harmony that's just this, this wall of sound. Like, wah, close to you. They recorded almost 50 takes of just the wahs, you know, to, to, to get the right effect. <laughs> Did you study music or are you just Carpenter's number one fan? Uh, kind of um, both. I'm a little drunk. Right on. Yeah. Are you sober enough? Look, we don't have to do this tonight. Oh, n- no. N- no, I'm, I'm fine. It's, it's totally wearing off. So, where are you coming from? Uh, Los Feliz. Oh, nice. I, I love that area. Do you ever go see Marty and Elaine play at the Dresden? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of touristy, but I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. You seem a little nervous. Sorry, I, I just, um, I haven't done this in a while. That's, that's okay. Um, you want to watch some TV or something? No, 
No, I'm okay. You've got a thick beard. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, that came out weird. You're really cute. Want to go to my room? Uh, sure. You know, we don't have to do anything. I just want to take things a, a little bit slower. That's okay. You want to listen to some music? Can I kiss you? Do you want to take off your shoes? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um. Just, just so you're comfortable. Let's go to your room. Your hair is so fucking hot. Fuck you. Yeah, let me get a condom. You want some poppers? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. You don't have to. Have you tried them before? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just, I'll take a hit. I was just out with Shayla and Danny, I told you. Paul is poor. Why are you still up, Mom? You don't need me to be home for you to sleep. I'm 27. I'm an adult now. Nowhere.
shit. was created, directed, and written by me, James Kim. The other writers are Mary Knopf, Daniel Lanfear, Julian Park, Shay Martin, and Trisha Tonko. Sound design by Artine Aratunians, and engineering and original score by Andrew Epen. With music from the band Oyster Kids. song you're hearing now is called Hey Nim by Kim Jung Mi. It's off her 1973 album called Now. Thank you Jack Sills at Light in the Attic for working with me for four months to get this song cleared. I seriously owe you a drink. Kim Booster plays Paul, Esther Moon plays Gina, Mildred Marie Langford plays Shayla, Remy Ortiz plays Danny, Todd Masterson plays Ryan, Ify Nawadaway plays Troy, Teho K plays Young Paul, and James Bach plays the dad. Other actors in this episode include Frank Stoltz, Yamid Armani, Rafael Gachalian, Lisa Brenner, Blake Zimmerman, Tony Diamato, Anthony Padiu, Chris McLean, Julian Park, and Aaron Mendelson. Special thanks to Vijay Singh, Andrew Ahn, Andy Chavez, Brooke Iskra, and Joe Kim.
On our brand new season of the StoryCorps podcast from NPR, you'll hear challenging conversations between friends, family members, and sometimes people who could have easily been enemies as they bridge divides and build connections where you'd least expect it. Episodes are available every Tuesday. Tuesday.